Hello friends, welcome to Village Idiots Christ and Nuts for Jesus and Just Plain Nuts. I'm sitting in a hotel over the weekend, so I decided just to put some teaching out there. We're just starting on 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So this is the sequel <laughs> to 1 Corinthians, this is 2 Corinthians. So we'll jump on in there and uh, there's the heading on this is Paul explains his actions. There you go. So let's just jump in and get going here. It's uh, 24 verses. I might go 20 minutes. We'll see. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all the saints throughout Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Always the introduction. Always, he, I like the way he always opens it. You know, grace and peace. He uses that a lot. Amen. Uh, and, and Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely the will of God got that one done. Uh, the God of all comfort. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all troubles, so we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received. He uses the word comfort here. I'm going to... One, two, three, four times. He uses comfort four times. The word comfort four times. I wish I knew what that word meant here. But I'm not going to find out. Man, one, let's see, one, three, and four. I want to see if they give, this guy comes out of trouble. Uh, nah, I thought they have a definition. Let's do that again. Praise be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of, he is the Father of compassion. Where does compassion come from? Who's the Father of compassion? God. That's why he's so awesome. That's why he's so merciful. He's so compassionate. So, so compassionate. And the God of all comfort. He's the God of all comfort. If you need comfort, it comes from God. He's the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Amen. He gives us comfort. Why does he give us comfort? So we can comfort those in any, that we can comfort those uh, in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. It's, it's that pay it forward thing. God comforts you in all your troubles so you can comfort those who are having trouble with the comfort we've received from God. God pours his comfort in. He's the God of all compassion who pours his comfort into you. So why? So you can pour your comfort into others. Why? So they can pour their comfort into others. It's supposed to be this continuing um, chain reaction thing. We, we're comforted when God gives us the comfort and then we comfort others, others with the comfort we've received from God. This is an amazing kingdom. These are the kind of verses that make you shout that you're a Christian, shout that you're in the Bible. This is what people lose who don't study the Bible. They miss all this stuff. That's why there's, that's why religious people are so hard. They don't see this the way I'm seeing it. They don't explain it like this. They see God as this judge with a, a sword or, a, or a, a hammer in his hand, just ready to crush people. He's the God of all comfort. He's the God of all compassion. That's the true father we serve. That's the true father we belong to. Yes, judgment's coming. But again, to the wicked, not to us. We aren't going to experience God's wrath, those of us who are in Christ. He's the God of all comfort for those of us, especially those in Christ. Amen. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. Man, you know, you're going through sorrow, you're going through trouble. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow into our lives, so Christ's sufferings, because Jesus said, they hate me, they hate you. So we're going to suffer the way Christ suffered, in some ways at least. So his, his suffering flows into our lives. Because we worship him and people hate him, so they're going to punish us for worshiping him. So, so also through Christ, our comfort overflows. 
So we receive Christ's sufferings. We're felt, we're, and Paul says, I desire to fellowship with Christ in his sufferings. We know what Christ went through in our sufferings. We, we can experience what Christ himself experienced, at least in part. But then, um, so also through Christ, our comfort overflows. So as the suffering comes, so does the comfort overflow into us. Again, because we're dealing with people suffering so we can help them, help comfort them. That's the point. That's why we in Christ suffer to sympathize with others in the world that are suffering. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. These are amazing verses. I could just live in some of these verses and just talk about them for an hour. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. So Paul and Timothy, let's see, and Timothy uh, and all the saints, um, if we are if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. So they went through distress so they could bring comfort and salvation to the Corinthians. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort. So when they received comfort, they comforted the the, the Corinthians, and it produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. So as you as you go through the suffering and receive comfort, it produces a patient endurance in you of the same sufferings that they that the apostles were suffering. So. That's that's the the beauty here. We go through suffering. Everyone in life suffers, especially if you're if you're part of you know serving the gospel. But as you receive a comfort in your sufferings, it produces patient endurance of the same sufferings that they suffered. See that that comfort received from God, the God of all compassion, the God who comforts us in our in our sorrow. That that comfort he gives us help us to patiently endure the trials we're going through. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. Comfort there is used about eight times. God's making a point about, about getting through things through his comfort. And our hope for you is firm. So there was no wavering in the hope. It was firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. So it's a double-edged sword. Yes, we go through sufferings for Christ, but we also share in God's comfort. Amen. So he doesn't leave us as orphans. He doesn't leave us stranded. He doesn't leave or forsake us as he promised. Uh, verse 6, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We are under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. So they went through a lot of suffering in Asia. Uh, verse 6, let's see if they tell what they suffered. Uh, let's see. I'm sure you can find that out. Uh, sufferings. No, it doesn't tell down here. I thought maybe in the uh, the bottom it would tell what, what in Asia they suffered. So they went through a lot of suffering in Asia, even um, far beyond their ability to so that we despaired even of life. So they went through some hard times in Asia. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead man. Do you hear that? Listen to this. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened. Why did this happen? That we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. If you're feeling like you're right at the edge of death, and these boys were literally, you know, literally being persecuted to death, the apostles. I mean, Paul was eventually beheaded, Peter crucified upside down, Bartholomew skinned alive. So they looked death in the face every day. But again, what does it say? Indeed, our hearts felt the sense of, so they felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but God who raised it. The point of this is the harder you're pushed, the more you're pushed right towards even the edge of death. It should teach you to rely on God, not on yourself. You can't rely on yourself to overcome these things, only on God. And what does he do? He raises the dead. Isn't that awesome? Amen.
So even of death, death isn't even a hindrance for us because we're going to be raised from the dead. Amen. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril. We will, and he will deliver, and he will deliver us. So he's the promise is he has delivered and will deliver. He has in the past delivered and will in the future. He's delivering right now, but he has in the past and will in the future. Paul's saying, so he's the God, uh, the the one who delivers us, past, present, future. Um, on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. He's making, he's emphasizing this. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. These boys were suffering. I mean, the first century church, life and death, the Roman candles being lit while alive on fire for Nero's entertainment. This was, these were hard days, hard days. So Paul was uh, comfort and, um, and deliverance here. You know, he's letting the Corinthians know, God will get you through this. You continue this, as you help us by your prayers. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by our prayers. Paul is saying, Paul will humble himself, we need your prayers, man. Pray for us. We're going through hard times. Pray for us. Um, that many, uh, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor God granted us, granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Wow. The men, and the, then many will give thanks. See, their lives were, were, were like an answered prayer. The, the people saw Paul and the apostles getting through what they went through and still living and surviving and continuing to preach. It says, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. So people saw their prayers answered in the, in the bodies and, and bodies of, of, of the apostles who were suffering so much. Because they continued to be able to go on. And people said, man, man, God's answering our prayers. These cats aren't dying. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? Amen. Let's continue on. Changes The whole thing changes here. Verse 12. Now, this is our boast. Our, our conscience testifies that we conduct ourselves in the world, especially in our relations with you and the holiness and sincerity that are from God. So they're kind, they had a clear conscience that testified that we've conducted ourselves in the world, you know, the world around them. And especially in our relation with you, our relations with you, again, the Corinthians, and the holiness and sincerity that from God. So, so in their relation to the, uh, the Corinthians, they acted in holiness and sincerity that came from God. Amen. We have done so not according to worldly wisdom, but according to God's grace. God's grace is everything. It's the power to deliver you from anything. It's not just unmerited favor. That's the, the, the short definition. What's the grace of God? Unmerited favor. That's part of it. But it's the power to get you through all these trials. That's the grace of God being poured out of you by the Holy Spirit. So they did not. They, so we have not done so according to worldly wisdom, but according to God's grace. They didn't depend on man's wisdom. They depended on the grace of God to deliver them and to comfort them from all their stuff. Amen. Um, for we do not write to you anything you cannot read or understand. And I hope that as you have understood us in part, you will come to understand us fully, that you can boast of us just as we, as we will boast of you uh, in the day of our Lord Jesus. So again, for we do not write anything you cannot un read or understand. So he kept it simple. Like I like to teach on about a fourth grade level. Paul kept it simple. And I hope uh, that that as you have understood us in part, you'll come to understand fully. So <laughs> as you have understand part, you'll come to understand fully that you can boast of us just if we will boast in you the day of the Lord. This was mutual. You know, Paul and them were going to boast on all these people that turned to Christ in Corinth and and they were boasting uh, to others, man, these guys must be from God. God is keeping these guys alive. They're going through these trials. And look, they were boasting that, you know, of the trials and stuff that Paul and Timothy and others were receiving. They kept on going. They didn't abandon the faith. They kept kept moving forward, even though they suffered greatly. 
I love this. Verse 15, because I was confident I planned to visit you first so that you might benefit twice. I planned to visit you on my way to Macedonia and come back to you uh, as uh, from Macedonia and then to send you on my way, then have you send me on my way to Judea. So um, he was planning to, uh, he wanted to, um, to benefit them twice. He wanted to visit them so he could benefit. So I planned to visit you. So he's headed to Macedonia. And then when he's headed to Macedonia, he wanted to visit them. Then coming back from Macedonia, he wanted to visit them again and have him send you to Judea, which was Jerusalem. When I planned this, did I do do it like so? Paul was saying, man, I wanted to visit you cats twice. I love you guys so much. I wanted to visit you twice. When I planned this, did I do so? Um, did I do so lightly or do I make my plans as in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say yes, yes, and no, no. No, of course not. Paul did everything by the spirit and grace of God and by the will of God. Paul did nothing lightly because that boy was, again, in danger every day. Um, but surely, as surely as God is faithful, our message is not yes, yes or no. For the Son of God, for the Son of God, Jesus... For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. In God it always is yes. Not yes and no. Not wavering, but yes. Amen. I love that. But as surely as God is faithful, God's faithful. Our message is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you and Silas, uh, by, by me and Silas and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Every promise made by God in the word of God is yes in Jesus Christ. He's the fulfillment of everything. It's always about Jesus. Yes from the Father in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why we can have hope in Christ for everything. He's our everything. Everything is fulfilled in the Son by the Father. So simple. Um, and so through him, the amen is spoken to us to the glory of God. Jesus is the amen spoken by us to the glory of God. When we say amen, we're saying Jesus. He's everything. Everything is him and he is everything. Nothing was made that has been made except through him. Man, God invested everything into his Son. Everything, the incarnate Jesus sitting on the throne and the, I mean, the pre-incarnate Jesus sitting on the throne and the incarnate Jesus born through Mary by the Holy Spirit. Everything, God invested everything into Christ. That's why you keep your eyes on Jesus. You fix your eyes on him. He's everything. Now, it is, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. It's God who keeps us firm in Christ. Isn't that cool? The Father is keeping us firm in the Son. I love that. He anointed us set his seal of ownership out and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. He has He has anointed us. We're anointed by God. Again, in Christ, anointed by God. He set his seal. God owns us in Christ. He owns us and has put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. That spirit living within you is a guarantee of your salvation, a guarantee of what's to come. Man, isn't this Aren't these words amazing? Gosh, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a hard time preaching this. This is just good stuff. Or teaching this, I call uh, verse twenty three and twenty four. I call God as my witness that it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. Not that we lord over your faith, but we work with you for your joy because it is by faith we stand firm. By faith you stand firm. I call God as my witness that it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. 
not that the Lord, not that not that we lorded over your faith, but we work with you for your joy. Again, they worked with him for their joy, and he didn't want to lord over them in their faith, but he wanted to work with them in their joy because it is by faith you stand firm. Amen. Amen. And this is leading into again. He didn't. He says he didn't want to make a painful visit to them because he was. He this he, in chapter two gets right into that the the kid in um, in First uh, Corinthians the one sleeping with his stepmother you know sleeping with his father's wife he goes right into the forgiveness for the sinner it's right there and I'm not going to get into that today but that's in chapter two so Paul was saying look uh, I call God as my witness that was in order to spare you that I not return to Corinth he didn't want to he didn't you know he had just gone through a hard time with them in in the first first Corinthians having to correct them on them being rejoicing over this kid sleeping with you know they didn't even didn't even want to repent about it they didn't they were in total error total deception about this this guy sleeping with his stepmother so Paul said I I didn't want to have a, a painful visit to you. And, and it's not about lording over you either, he says, over your faith, but working with you for your joy because it is by faith you stand firm. So Paul's saying to them, look, I didn't come, but it's because I didn't want to stress you out. I didn't want to cause you pain. You know, I'm not trying to lord over you, but this is for your joy. Again, because it is by faith you stand firm. So Paul, again, he gets right, chapter two, he gets right into it here. Again, but again, the 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 uh, First Corinthians is about the error they're in, and at least in that one chapter, and it covers a lot of other stuff. In First Corinthians, but then in Second Corinthians, he's saying, "Look, okay, I've forgiven this guy. You need to forgive him and restore him because he's repented." So we'll get into all of that next time we teach on Second Corinthians. So, whew. so, so much good. I get so much. I get. I don't know if I don't know if I know. I got a few people I know that listen to these, but man. I get as much, you guys listen, I get as much teaching this as you do listen. And so I hope it's a blessing to you. We love you, love you, can't get enough of you. 18 minutes, not a bad thing today. Good medium length today. Uh, we appreciate you and love you. And and I don't know where we're at tomorrow. So I've been resting, so I should be able to keep teaching all the way through the holiday weekend, no problem. So love you, love you, can't get enough of you. Appreciate you. And these are some good words. Were those not good words we just read? Yeah. How can you not love the word of God? Love you, love you.